Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, it, my guest is my buddy, Jamie Hamilton. Uh, he is probably going to appear here often because he's always down to talk shit about whatever the fuck <laughs> I, I throw at him. Uh, how you doing, man? Everything I'm good? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Javier? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, thanks. We, thanks for inviting me on. It's nice to be here. And today, I don't know if you can see from the books that are laying down on the table, and probably not on YouTube, but we're going to be talking about... Oh, you well, probably can't even the main, the main center point of the topic is going to be uh, CE5, which if you're not familiar with is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, uh, which um, it might actually be helpful to pull up what all the different levels are, but I think, if my memory serves, I think... First kind of close encounter. Do you know what that is? Wow, I, I should have done some research on that. I think I it's mean, the first the, one. The it's, basic it's when you see, idea is like maybe when you see something in the sky, and then I think second is when there's some proximity. Yeah, then you get into like third and fourth. Fourth, I would imagine, is when you get abducted. Or third is maybe contact. Yeah, third is contact. And yeah. fourth is I don't know, but yeah, fifth is, there's a fucking movie about third. Why did yeah. you have Link on? Well, that? you can you can bring them <laughs> up, or you could just like maybe put them. I think we nailed them. I think actually, because I did just watch the movie. <laughs> no, I literally think that that's it. I think you okay. see them. I see uh, one is you see them. I think what's two? Two is. Um, Is you see a creature, three is there's contact. Uh, okay. Four is uh, is you get abducted. Uh-huh. Is hanky pink. Okay. And then or non consensual, so it's not hanky pink. It sounds too much. Oh, fun. it's non consent. Okay. And fifth is like is is well, I don't know if the, if if it has to be non consensual. Like, uh, but th- close is an abduction. Like uh, right. third kind is an ab- no fourth kind is an abduction. Uh, is an ab- but fifth is when you actually voluntarily seek an encounter, right? And that's where it gets a little weird. So yeah. so basically that it doesn't really matter what the other ones are. Yeah. But essentially we are talking about mostly fifth uh, close encounters of the fifth kind okay. which is um the one that we were talking about. But I think that first like the, uh it helps to sort of introduce some of the ideas of like people like and like some of the main people like who Jail Allen Hynek Mm-hmm. And those people are... Uh, do you know who that is? I don't know who Alan oh, oh, Hynek is. Okay, so, so J. Allen Hynek is uh, the... Uh, he was basically a scientist that was part of Pro- Project Blue Book. And oh, so okay. he, Project okay. Blue Book was in charge of actually uh, skeptically trying to debunk UFOs. Uh, it was a government-funded program. Mm-hmm. With the Air Force? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And there's probably... I think there's like a series on AMC or some shit, but mm-hmm. it's probably not good. Mm-hmm. But uh, the um, the whole premise being that the this guy, uh, Alan Hynek, who's featured in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, he's he has a little cameo in it, but he's also kind of... I think he's the one that the character of um, uh, of uh, Richard Dreyfuss is based off of. Or mm-hmm. he's based one of the characters in there. In my, I might be completely off. It might be like one of the scientists when they're playing the synths mm-hmm. with each other, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's very eighties. So was he hired by the Air Force, or was mm-hmm. he within the Air Force? Or? Yeah, and then he became a, a, a believer, and, and he sort was, of what was his field? I don't know. He was I like know, a, a I, doctor of yeah, something. Yeah, I know that okay. one of his his other psychology guys, maybe or something. 
I'm not familiar exactly okay. with the details. We're just kind of like, yeah. talk, like, you know, I don't necessarily know the credentials. I just know kind of what their perspective on things was. Okay. So basically the whole thing is he started trying to debunk some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. it turned out that like a lot of it was credible. And mm-hmm. uh, basically the the premise... And so when you say the stuff... The, like the, the, the People's the, reports of these encounters? Or yeah, What's, what's exactly. the like data or whatever that they're... I think... Uh, uh, you know, like I think one of the things with Skinwalker Ranch was part of that, and uh, uh, where they where it they was research- after though, right? Project Blue Book, Skinwalker Ranch. I think Skinwalker Ranch is still like around, and it's still kind of weird and spooky. No, per, per, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I mean it's just existed through time, yeah. and it's been known for a long time to be a sort of node of paranormal activity or something like that. But, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if it rose to like actual prominence. Before. I I wonder. That's that well, would, anyway, I would be curious to know the first mention of that. I'm kind of I'm kind of ru- ru- like I don't necessarily want to talk too much about Jail right. and Heineken in that period okay, because sorry. basically I'm trying to get build us up to sort of the idea of like the trans dimensional being and mm-hmm. how we end up getting there. So there's like okay. the guy the um, what's his name. Jail and Heineck has this other guy, Jacques Vallée, who is a biologist, so I mm-hmm. do have that little mm-hmm. tidbit, mm-hmm. and he is one of these other guys. He does a lot of legit science everywhere else, but mm-hmm. he's written a couple books, one of them being Dimensions. I've read a, the beginning of it. I haven't really gotten oh, too have. far into oh, it. Oh, cool. But basically, yeah. one of the things that's interesting about his premise <clears throat> is that a lot of things that are similar to what are considered... Uh, uh, well, even there, it's like... Um, UFO is unidentified flying object, where now then the terminology sort of shifted to unidentified aerial phenomena, right? Which is like basically saying like it's a phenomena. We don't even know if it's an object, right? And that kind of mm-hmm. gets into sort mm-hmm. of the ideas mm-hmm. of Jacques Vallée, where mm-hmm. it, uh, it's almost like he sort of is even less convinced that it is... Like a machine. It could be a machine, but basically... His sort of idea is that this is a phenomenon that happens because it's it's documented and it's like a, it happens to people, right? Like mm-hmm. people experience it, mm-hmm. and that's the basis of all of and this. And cameras right? see it. Sometimes. You, and now, yeah, at this point, right? Yeah. But like, but back in the day, it wasn't there, quite. Not like everybody that. had a camera yeah, on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like the cameras weren't that great, right? There's a lot of stories yeah. of people and trying the to cameras use were rules. controlled too. Yeah, you know who owned the cameras was a much smaller. Demographic. The ones that could definitely document this kind of shit, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, so basically, what uh, uh, Valet says is, so he like he's in he. It's almost like one of those people. The uh, UFO community, ufology, mm-hmm. is a very fraught community because it has mm-hmm. been marginalized for a very long time. Yeah, and now, and that's kind of one of the things that I think is interesting how it's like being legitimized, mm-hmm. but who's legitimizing it? The fucking Pentagon. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of what, uh, which is like always trusted by Americans because <laughs> theoretically it's. Well, and the, and it comes up in I the mean, in the yeah. so one of the d- sources for this uh, obviously last podcast on the left is definitely where a lot of my UFO knowledge basically comes from. Okay. But we're talking a lot about. Uh, I just watched the movie Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is a documentary. The it's Stephen a, Greer. Yeah, the Stephen yeah. Greer, or uh, I think it's. Is it Stephen? You, you well, anyway, yeah, yeah. he's a no, character. No, I think in I think it. you're yeah. right. I mean, he's part of that whole. Yeah, thing. and and Central. he's kind of like the science scientisty guy that does yeah. a lot of meditation. But anyway, going back to Jacques Vallée, we'll get into him in a minute. Going back yeah. to Jacques Vallée, he is this dude, and he he writes these books about how 
these phenomena are maybe something that has been around for a long time, not just this idea that it's at, around mm-hmm. because of nuclear technology, right? Like this, that's mm-hmm. sort of the um, the premise of like why aliens are all of a sudden showing up, mm-hmm. right? Where as he points to a lot of visual art in mm-hmm. uh, in history, like Egyptians, they have these two birds that have a floating disc, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it uh, and and all these things like fairies. Also being something similar, like a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how people assign these sort of contemporary understandings of the world, or like uh, fantasies, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to, to to on his extreme, mm-hmm. you have that like realm of like, well, it's actually not fucking aliens. It's transdimensional things that blink into existence, and there is some validity mm-hmm. to that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, um, yeah. And like, what's the difference, right? At some yeah. point, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> both could be the same thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and so this is sort of where the CE5 stuff sort of sits, right? Okay. Which is interesting because there is, so like there's, there's also, you know, like if you listen to, if you've ever listened to Dan Aykroyd talk about UFOs uh-huh. and he's like a huge fucking guy, he had an experience with, uh, I think it's it's also really weird. He had an experience where he was doing a show of conspiracy theories, uh-huh. and he like he was on the phone. The phone rang. It was Britney Spears. He answers the phone. Mm-hmm. He looks, and there's this guy, and it's a, one of the Men in Black, mm-hmm. right? And the uh, and then he looks away, and then he turns around, and him and the car that he was in that that he was standing next to, all of a sudden disappear. And then a little while later, he finds out that the show's been shut down, right? And it's his show is about conspiracy theories. If you listen to him talk about all of this stuff, he has a very old school, like he's more into like alien creatures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there is that realm mm-hmm. as well, which is interesting. And I think that sort of um, what Stephen Greer does uh, is he marries those two concepts and it's like, that's how they travel. They travel through consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. is crazy about it is that it's actually pretty interesting. Do you remember uh, the the CE five documentary at all? Uh, I in, yeah, to some degree. Do you mm-hmm. remember the 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 number generator experiments that they did? Yeah, where they could get the outcome to be affected by what people were thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. forget what. Uh, where their studio, where their center is, but in the documentary, uh-huh. one of the guys that runs the center, I don't know if it's at Princeton, but yeah. one of the guys teaches at Princeton I as think well. it is, yeah. You think that's, I, so I, it's like a study for consciousness center, right? Yeah, and I think that's at Princeton, but yeah, yeah I don't know where they did the experiment, but yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so that, no, it was that, it was there that they said it. Yeah. So there's some really interesting stuff that happens with that. Like, here's where it gets, like, my cynicism really, I, 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 and we talked a little bit about this before we started uh-huh. recording about how it's like really fucking hard to let go of the bitterness about the world and sort of get into his space. Because he's like a very positive and like meditated. No, this is Steven. Yes, yeah, you're talking about yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. all about well, consciousness. Well, it's about enlightenment for and him, coll- yeah. ultimately, and collective you know? unconscious. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, what they say is that they are able to summon um, U uh, UAF uh, 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 phenomena, right? Yeah. And summon 
spacecraft or whatever the fuck it is, they're having like UFO experiences, right? right? Or UA and being like healed from like deafness. And oh yeah, like that's that. right. I mean, like pretty. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a guy that's deaf in the mo- in the documentary. Yeah, and- I mean, that's kind of amazing <laughs> stuff. If they, you know, but it's one of those things that it's just like assuming that that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. uh, but anyway, and then assuming that it's true that they can actually summon the uh, UFO things, because like yeah. ultimately you you don't really know, but it is so interesting the premise that he lays out, which is mm-hmm. sort of like this uh, this consciousness thing. So, do you remember? Yeah. Do, can you describe some of the the uh, experiments? Do you remember some of them? Like for the the um, within the, the with the, the number generators oh, and stuff. God, yeah, no, that I probably can't remember. So, but I, as you're as you say it, I recall that aspect of the film. Yeah. So that's the stuff that I think is I like. Should have watched of, it. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I didn't I, know that was like the central. No, no, topic. no, no. We're going to talk about a bunch oh, of shit. I just yeah. you were the one who recommended the movie, so that's why I watched it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's it called? I don't mind retelling you the, the, yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. That's it was, fine. It was, it was a fun watch. Though. Yeah. And with the um, yeah, the kind of ability for it to take a group of people to have them focus. On their location, basically, right? Is it, this yeah. is how he describes it? Is like that you have to kind of give them a map to yourself, and that doesn't he describe like imagining yourself on the Earth, and then imagining yeah. yourself within the galaxy, and then kind of sending out an invitation for um, them to come. Yeah, and that then they he has the capacity, it seems, to do this, and he describes having it from a pretty young age, right? Too. Yeah, because he had a, uh, a near-death experience, which is what's kind of crazy about that. Because he starts—that's when he starts to become interested in consciousness. I think, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, what was the near-death experience again? I forget exactly what it was, but when he was seventeen, like they, there's an aerial shot of, uh, of like some foresty oh, stuff. I forget exactly some health thing or something. Maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay. what he describes is sort of like not being afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Be, after that because if he felt like his consciousness just joined an ocean mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which uh is interesting i i don't probably a nice feeling a nice feeling <laughs> i mean but who's you know like if all of this stuff or is terrifying so, i don't know <laughs> here's the thing that's so crazy about all of this stuff and this is where i get excited about it it's like it's all essentially unverifiable but like people believe they're having experiences yeah right yeah like it's um, like I have no doubt that this guy believes this shit. I don't think yeah. that he's like, but at the same time, there is a level of like, that hasn't happened to me. No, there no a level of like defies. There's like towards the end of the documentary, I start to feel like they're like not too far away of pitching a cult, right? <laughs> right. Well, because like an alien. Because I think cult. he is. I think he he <laughs> believes in a. Um, in that we are on a path to kind of like nihilism and chaos and, yeah. and, and, and real problems in terms of our, our planetary existence, right? Like yeah. the biology of the planet is being threatened by human consumption and waste. And, yeah. that, the, and that, that people, that civilizations in the universe have gone through this before and that they can help us with this. If we're able to interact with them in a way to, to build relationships of trust, I guess. Yeah. 
No, on some I, level. I, I mean, I no, I I totally get that. And it's certainly like a noble attempt. No, it I totally get that. Maybe delusional. I yeah, th- that's but, so what 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 I love about the documentary, but yeah. that but uh, what this is also what I love about the whole thing in yeah. general is just that you like like there are some fucking leaps he takes, you know, <laughs> of, of logic. Oh, for sure. And, and but, for sure. but at the same time, you can tell that they're d- profoundly based on experiences. Yes. Right? Yes. So he says it, like, with assertiveness. And it's like, not just, like, one. Yeah. It's, like, like decades yeah. of his life spent exploring these realms of reality. And meditating. And, and yeah. then, so, yeah. how he grounds stuff in science is... Is interesting. I definitely don't think he's a charlatan. Because you, you kind of like, can't, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not... Science will deny the realities that he's speaking about because yeah. it doesn't... If they do exist, it doesn't know about them yet. So they're, they're contradictory to, like, known scientific phenomena and how you explain reality, right? And then, that, then there becomes the skepticism, right? Because it's really yeah. hard to prove and how we know things and how we build like identities of reality it's very counter to that yeah but you know? then there is a part in the fucking movie where, okay i don't want to get that, that, that i just let me re, re, let, keep, he, keep he on does, track let's keep Sorry. Let, no i want to go back i want to go back because i don't think we fully explained the uh the the consciousness experiments which i think right. are what okay. the basis of it because okay. because if we don't talk about that it all sounds like crazy bullshit right like if you don't, so how do yeah okay the introduction. So of, yeah. so, so I no 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 I mean I love the way that the conversation is going because this is so fucking insane right <laughs> right. <laughs> I and yeah. and I'm into it. I'm not like I'm not saying it's all garbage right. Yeah. Because I haven't had these experiences and I'm more I, than I down. I have not either. I'm more than down for us to go to the fucking desert and try to you know like try to, <laughs> try to, to see get I, the <laughs> app right. There's an app in the yeah, film that he yeah. presents as an aid to to being able to do this yeah, yeah. so uh, and and there are definitely people that say that they've experienced this so yeah like for me whatever the fuck is happening yeah i'm okay with it i think yeah. it's mostly harmless right now you know like yeah uh and the intention is good but like oh, so, but it's the idea that like if one percent of people get engaged in this they can change the world We'll get into what that statement means because you kind of have to get into sort of the, uh, the dominator culture or something. No, what what it is 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 sort of like so he gets into a lot of this um, non, r- random number generator random number generator stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they have a whole bunch of random number generators, and isn't it funny you, that the random number generators become like objective? That's it seems kind of ir- ironic in a way. Well, just like something that's not influenced by us is like okay, ran- randomness yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. objective. Yeah, exactly. And then and randomness becomes not random, but there's no like wires connected. It becomes weird. Yeah, exactly. You know, or magnetic field or anything that we can like you know. Yeah. Measure. So the, the, Anyways, the main premise is Sorry, that the, no, you're good, dude. You're good. <laughs> this is what we're doing here. We're getting yeah. we're 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 yeah. acting like we're. We're basically in the hey man space, except I'm just really excited. So it's okay. like, hey man. <laughs> but okay, so the ba- main thesis, I mean, basically he's he's talking about, and I said, I know I said thesis on my own show. I feel like a douchebag. I was trying not to, but the <laughs> my show's called What's My Thesis. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so 
the main premise, it, he's basically advocating for the concept on some level of collective unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how we're communicating with these creatures that mm-hmm. are f- uh, from out of space. Mm-hmm. And the way that he supports these ideas is through, well, or uh, some of the stuff is like, is interesting because there is the one, you mentioned the one where people were able to essentially force number random number generators to uh, to approximate zero as much as possible right with their thoughts and with mm-hmm. their intention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's one of the things that they talk about with these experiences where they are able they're seeing lights and they're mm-hmm. interacting with them and with consciousness they're asking it to do stuff mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. it gets weird because if they're videotaping something and they said i told it to do that <laughs> you know it it gets a little like Okay, oh, I have right. to t- I have to take well, no. your word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but no, also, we, we don't have to go. Go ahead. Go I ahead. mean, this is a was it a postdoc at Princeton or something like that? I mean, presumably they're going to try and like publish these things in scientific journals and like that. This phenomena is not a sleight of hand trick. Yeah, but at the same time, there is like I kind of. You feel the, like they're trying to. Okay, first of all, there's, you know, if you really want to get into it, like, there's always paranoia when it comes right. to, when it comes More, to ufology right, visual, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. all, right? Like, no, absolutely. Who, who's the fucking yeah. person And there's some the examples of some, like, real ab- yeah. abuse of people's beliefs that um, is, is almost, uh, you could say, it's like immoral. Yeah. Or criminal. Yeah. Like that has been done by very powerful and, people. And horrible things that have been yeah. done to people like, yeah. uh, like what's his name? This, which is an interesting arc, which is the, the guy from, um, Paul Benowitz. Paul no, Benowitz. uh, Bob Lazar. Oh yeah. Bob yeah, Lazar. Who was this guy? I mean, if he, he, there's a documentary on, uh, about him on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. A, a fascinating story. Fascinating story tells. about yeah. a guy who said all this stuff and was marginalized and then as time went on, turned out to be 100% right about a lot of shit. And he's the first person that told us about, uh, um, what's it called? About uh, Area 51. Yeah. He he was a really interesting dude in, there's like this whole thing about how they have these uh, ships that warp reality in front of them. And And the the gravity uh, propulsion versus like... It like at the you flying know, saucers, instead of flying the way that we we typically see them, it flies like uh, the bottom facing forward, and yeah. that is where. So, and then basically his premise was that, or his his what he says is that he went to all these schools. All these schools said that he did they did that he didn't go to them. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. like it was just like his his life. You was know erased. what's funny about Bob Lazar too? I also believe that probably he lied about some of his stuff to get jobs back in the day well well no, I his think life was, was super smart well yeah his, both though yeah both like i think why it becomes so problematic for him is he there were probably some things that like maybe he said he'd done that he hadn't done or something but he was brilliant yeah what's tragic I mean, about the dude is that he says that uh his greatest regret is that he didn't keep his mouth shut so that he couldn't keep playing with the toys. <laughs> yeah, which makes me think it's not some fucking scam. Yeah. Like, he's actually talking no, about a real it, experience. I, well, and then do, here's... Do, do we want to just talk briefly about, like, what Bob, Laz- Bob Lazar's story, or... No. Because uh, a we, lot of people probably have no idea well, well, I mean, what we're I, talking about. 
I kind of want to just I, before we do that, I want to talk about like get back to the to the one thing that we've been digressing from, which is, yeah. and we can definitely talk about Bob Lazar. He's a super important person. He's yeah. gonna come back because uh, the CE five documentary has something something related to because I just recently saw mm-hmm. Jeremy Corbell, I think is the guy yeah. who mm-hmm. did the documentary. Yeah. So now he has a lot of access to information from the Pentagon, and as you know, the CE five documentary which is weird in yeah. itself. Yeah, and access, but like things they're giving out. Yeah, and uh, that documentary also calls out Tom DeLong. <laughs> who I don't know. <laughs> who is uh, the guy from Blink One Eighty Two who now runs to the Stars Academy and also gets a lot of funding. Oh for, Jesus! Access I don't even know to Pentagon information. Any of these things. Okay. Anyway, the but anyway, let's go back to the okay. the, the random number generators because yeah, yeah. there's so much, bro. <laughs> there's okay. So much. I okay. Feel so, so back. I'm like full conspiracy hobby right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, reel it in a little bit. Let's let's try and like. <laughs> no, no, no. My man. I, I gotta like <laughs> figure out <laughs> my manners where you're going my, like, and what. Yeah. So what to try and say? No, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're, you're good. I just want to participate. <laughs> <laughs> so the the thing that's dope about the. Um, um, the what's it called the the random number generated stuff is mm-hmm. that he is like that so they have the experiments where they have the guys showing the um the numbers and getting the number down to zero but then they also have this one where they use the light and they put it in a room mm-hmm. with a with a plant right mm-hmm. and the plant was in they pushed it to the corner mm-hmm. of the room and so they had the light pointing in different directions of the room mm-hmm. with, uh, based on a random number generator. And what ended up happening is that there was an unreasonable un- and un- like, uh, statistically unlikely number of times that the light pointed at the um, plant. plant. So that would be another example of that like mm. subconscious thing. Wow, right? that's an interesting yeah. one. And then before we get off of this topic entirely... It's like entirely, needing and giving. Yeah. yeah at, and, or something. Or, and like the plant has a consciousness is essentially the premise there, right? Like well, the, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. And, Having well, worked on a farm for the last <laughs> two years, like I have no doubt there. You've high, been doing that shit for two years though? Two and a half, I guess. Damn. 2018, whenever that was. I guess coming on three. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were way ahead of the pandemic <laughs> 2018 I don't, well I, I don't know i should have been way yeah who knows i'm late to the boat on everything <laughs> but anyways i believe plants have consciousness but go back to your so then uh, the other thing that i wanted to touch on that and then we can get into bob lazar's story because yeah. he is a really interesting guy yeah is that um so the the other thing is that they've noticed that whenever there's like a huge thing that uh-huh. happens like a huge tragic thing uh-huh. there is a, a a thing that happens where all the number generators in the world yeah have this weird reaction i forget exactly what it is that i, I don't know like let's just say so it's, somehow there's some synchronous yeah there's yeah, yeah where they where they also even just, though they're not connected because ex- they're random yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and uh and the examples were yeah. It, on a much like less tra- traumatic scale, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't have fucking prefaced it <laughs> this way, but yeah, uh, when you see the second example, you understand. Uh, Princess Diana dying, right? Versus nine eleven, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and, and so both of those hit the random number generators, like fucking, like got them all doing that synchronicity thing. Yeah, yeah, or and, something. Yeah, yeah, and so this is through that consciousness institute. That's right. the stuff that I trust a little bit more from that documentary. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead and talk about Bob Lazar because he is relevant. And okay, so so 
the story of Bob Lazar. Yeah, Bob Lazar. Well, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm, I, I know him decently well, well because friends. it fascinated me. Yeah, I, I know him really <laughs> pretty well because we both grew up like, or no, he worked in Los Alamos. I grew up in outside of Santa Fe, so it's kind of my Alamos? neck of the woods. Los Alamos National Laboratories is okay. where he was working. So I guess he was a contractor there. So he says. He was well known, and this is documentable is that um, he uh, put a rocket engine in his Honda and it made the local newspaper and somehow he was recommended for a job in the private sector, defense contractor, presumably, probably working Mm -hmm. for Department of Defense, DOD. And they took him to Utah and they gave him these briefings I mean, sorry, Nevada, Area 51, outside of Las Vegas. He had to get on a bus that was totally blacked out. They drove into this area. They let him off the bus. They gave him a briefing the first day or something. He read the briefing. He was a physicist. And he's like, well, this defies physics. This is impossible. This is garbage. It's like from Zeta Reticuli or something. It's all, it's all this stuff describing these this propulsion system that is impossible. And he figures he's just being tested to see how much kind of like garbage information that he can um, kind of maintain. Maybe like an acuity test or a memory test or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so then, after some period of time, he goes in and... What was his partner's name? I can't remember his partner's name, but he's really excited to show him the, the parts. And he says, then these, these sort of... Um, I guess technologies, propulsion technologies, actually do the things that the briefing says they do, which is impossible. It defies physics. It is a gravity-generating device, and it can affect time and space and all those things that gravity does through, like, you know, um, relativistic physics or all that stuff Einstein discovered, right? Gravity distorts time. It distorts light. It distorts space-time. And so this is basically the propulsion system... The idea, the premise is that these things have been either dug up, as in their like ancient archaeological finds on the earth, or have crashed, or have somehow been discovered, and that they're like this technological remnant of other civilizations, because obviously the technologies required to build these things and to do these things these vehicles can do is outside of our understanding of physics. And he, he says even, like, I think some of them might have been ancient, like, mm. could have been just sitting around. And he describes it as just really strange because the sub-assemblies, they don't work. There's no wiring. There's, he says they're very smooth. They're very kind of, like, uh, simple. There are no hard a- angles. Everything is sort of molded in as if it's cast. And uh, <clears throat> they just work in relation to each other. So if this part is near this part, in a certain way, it does things. Mm-hmm. And he says the amount of energy that this reactor can put out, it's load sensing. So it just puts out as much energy as it needs to at any moment. And he says the amount of energy these things put out is enormous, you know. And it's, you know, it's not like your Honda generator at a concert or whatever that's humming away. They, like, can put out major amounts of energy, and it's a small thing. Anyways, long story short, his mm-hmm. wife thinks he's having an affair, Um He's under constant surveillance. One of the prerequisites to hold this job is that you have a stable home life. Well, 
unbeknownst to him, his wife is having an affair because she thinks he's having an affair because he has such weird work hours and the whole thing is just so compartmentalized and strange mm-hmm. that it's very, she's very skeptical of what he's doing, right? So anyways, they pull him off the job. He's really upset because for him, he's like, I am beyond the cutting edge of physics right now. He's like, this is the, the dream job for a physicist. Because usually in physics, you have the theory guys and then the instrumental guys try and reproduce it on some level. And he's like, here I am way beyond any theoretical understanding of physics either, like playing with real technology. Yeah. You know, so he was just like kind of heartbroken by this to be taken off it. And he gets really frustrated. And it seems like and I guess he has the um, scheduling for the high performance tests i guess they did low performance and high performance tests of these actual what is it uaps yeah ufos vehicles whatever and he goes out with some of his friends they start watching eventually he gets kind of caught and eventually at some point he realizes that the technologies represented in those aircraft will change humanity and he thinks it's a crime against humanity that these things are not being made available to the larger scientific community to study. Yeah. He's like, it, they kill themselves. It's so compartmentalized. Like, he's like, the only time I get to talk about somebody who's working on some other part of the ship is like sparingly. And it's only, he's like the whole thing. Everybody should be talking. If you want to understand this thing, if you're an ant, you have to let the ant that's staring at the toenail talk to the ant that's like climbing around in the ear. Right. If you don't let those two things talk to each other, nobody's going to have any fucking idea what an elephant is. If you're an ant, it's just yeah. it's too big. It's too it's too foreign. So anyways, he goes to George Knapp, I think, who is in Las Vegas. He's a reporter with the Las Vegas Sun or whatever the television station. He does an interview with Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar gets in trouble. But I think they also don't just like I don't know. I think it's so unbelievable that they also like just kind of ignore him or something Mm -hmm. so the whole story of bob lazar is he he is discredited after this point by all of these institutions and and the power structure and the hegemony like divorces him but he's also very credible sounding and it's also like totally fantastic the story that he tells so anyways that's like a and then he also had a thing he also had a thing about element 13 right 115, yeah. 115. Yeah, and it hadn't even been synthesized at the time, but he says this is the fuel that the reactor uses to generate the power to manipulate gravity. And then it got <clears throat> it it was proven that it exists. Yeah, and then the, and that in theory uh, an isotope which we haven't been able to make is actually stable. Like element 115 is such a big element that it's very fragile, it wants to fall apart. It's radioactive. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in there is an isotope where the thing is not radioactive anymore. But maybe has certain properties that we don't know about yet. But yeah, anyways, it was one of the things where people are like, oh, wait a second. Maybe Bob Lazar isn't full of shit because yeah. this makes sense. And we have, yeah. you know, some proof well, of why. Why did we never follow through on our plans to raid uh, Area 51? I mean, we were going to go, right? Because I think, yeah. The <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Isn't that part of the movie, too, going back to CE5? Where, no, it's not. Oh, I saw I, some. I, I, would, I totally wanted to, uh, us to pretend that we were we were totally going to go there. To just, like, be a, immediately met by security. I wonder yeah. how far you could make it in. I th- if there were like no if people, you were, dude, if, dude, 
people who well, stormed yeah, the Capitol. In, oh, of course, if you had the numbers. <laughs> but even if you had the numbers, I just... No, I, I don't I think don't it would have been... I, yeah, you yeah. just might get mowed down. Who knows? I... It hasn't happened yet. It would be unprecedented. No, the men in black would come and flash some shit in your eyes. Here, let, let me, let's get another uh, beer, and then okay. I'll tell you about the men in black a little bit, what I know about okay. them. Okay, and then we'll get back on track. So anyways, Bob, <laughs> No, no, we are on track. Anyway, aliens. <laughs> yeah, editing and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, man. So, um, what was I going to bring to the table? I forgot what I was going to talk about. We were talking about Bob Lazar, and we finished up that little digression. No, that was not a digression. And that was fine. I just, I, it's just that we kept going, getting away from the point of like the consciousness, and that's what I was trying to get you're back to. You were trying to get to the consciousness. Yeah. yeah. But, because that's the only fucking thing that, like, that shit makes sense about the CE5, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, hold on. Let's, um,. Well, I mean, Bob Lazar also presents a, an example of, like, the physicality of it as well, that it's both, right? Yeah. I mean, that there are that there are artifacts that exist in our concrete material reality that have been... Well, that's, that's actually kind of one of the things that, like, was, like, so, you know, oh, man, there was a tone to the... What's his... Stephen Greer? Mm-hmm the the ce5 documentary yeah that he he was so uh, there was this sense of like ce5 is safe right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. and so one of the more philosophical things that i wanted to like how the fuck does he know like he comes to such conclusions Mm. about what is happening i think they're projections of his own experience well, I mean, I don't know. Like, it could definitely be... I mean, for instance, like what you just brought up, CE5 is safe. There are many examples of people who I know have at least maybe not a CE5 type experience, but who have had traumatic experiences. There's been a lot of with writing, a lot of... With, with some kind of, yeah, other. Well, because, I mean, if you really get down into it, Oh, the thing that was that that I said I was going to get back to was Mothman, mm-hmm. which is the uh, 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 Men in Black. Mm-hmm. But that's right. The yeah. thing about CE five, and this is relevant because, like, for me, the thing that is interesting about all of this disclosure stuff and going off of the Bob Lazar stuff, there's that Jeremy Cor- Corbin or Corbel. Corbel, yeah. Corbel. Uh, and I just saw him on Rising, which I think is an interesting show because it's a very corporate, pro-progressive, mm-hmm. and I, I really find Sagar and Jetty like, has some interesting takes on stuff, mm-hmm. but I still don't know what to make of that fucking show, you know, because of the people mm-hmm. that they have on, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 and so... They so they had Corbel on because uh, Sagar and Jetty is really into the whole alien thing and the I whole. I think disclosure I saw that thing. actually the other night. Yeah, I don't know if there was more than one interview, but I no, did it was see it was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, like I don't really watch that too much anymore because it's actually also, pretty cool footage too. Yeah, that of was the pyramid. In that. Yeah, if you uh, haven't seen that footage, I recommend looking at it. It's the one it's that, a, of the uh, army destroyers, right? The it's an electro optical camera, so it looks like it's a like a amplified light and probably. 
thermal combined. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. It's just thing. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, as a visual image. It's these pyramids that are floating in the sky. And they're definitely and a And they're lot. also sort of like iridescing a little bit. Yeah, they're like phasing like. in and out of reality mm-hmm. almost, right? Which is another thing. Or lights on them are kind of doing something. And <laughs> in the CE5 documentary, there's there's uh, some stuff where it looks like a portal's opening up and these light balls are falling out of it. It, 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 that Skinwalker Ranch has some really interesting stories. How, 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 so I, you have a book on Skinwalker. Can you take us through Skinwalker a little bit? Well, I mean, as described in this book, Skinwalker Ranch is uh, is a property in uh, kind of, I guess, northeastern Utah, as I understand it. But it has a history. I think there were multiple kind of slaughters that occurred there. And you know what like kind of slaughter is fe- not, like, like natives like, being okay. slaughtered okay. by like federal agents. Um, so it's considered quite a haunted place. And a family uh, buys it, um, and they—it's beautiful property. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful, and uh, Utah's amazing. In, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just it has a creek running through it, a ridge, and all these sorts of things. And they buy it, and they wonder, like, why are there these giant rings on each end of the house, like, for attaching, like, really, probably a strong animal? And why are there all these deadbolts on all the doors? And over the course of them living there, which they eventually um, move because they're trying to ranch, and the animals just keep getting killed, and it's just, it's really intense because they're facing all of these kind of... um, what what is the word for that? Uh, the the phenomena that's not understood. Anyways, I think that's, I think that's appropriate. Yeah, the paranormal. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I just losing language there briefly. But I miniature like the way, stroke. I like, <laughs> I like the way that you said that though, because it it sort of takes us away from like such a charge word as paranormal. Yeah, yeah. Because but because I think that that word does have a lot of baggage, but. Here's what I, the, the, it's, well, it's definitely, good that I occasionally forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate I appreciate the idea of just kind of like describing these things instead of like putting the words, yeah, you know, because the labels that we because essentially the whole thing is it, 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 these things are experiences people are having, right? There, I mean, there's another. Th- this is a great book that I I really find has some amazing stories. It's called Encounters with Star People. Untold Stories of American Indians by Artie Sixkiller Clark. And she's just kind of traveled around um, a lot of America and even Mesoamerica and even gone to cities and just uh, somehow ends up in conversations with people about their experiences with star people. And, And some of the stories are really great because they're coming from like um, deny people in the Southwest and, and just like these people who don't have a lot of exposure to, uh, European culture Mm -hmm. are still kind of living in sort of older ways. And the way that they talk about their encounters with these sort of, um, things that we can't confirm exist, right? Beings, crafts, uh, you know, phenomena of lights, um, feelings in the body, all these kinds of things. Uh, but, but they're also like mostly positive and quite interesting. 
Can we get back to the Skinwalker then? Because yeah, I want to so talk about yeah. because so, because that's because they're that, connected. Because but also yeah. I want to push back a little bit on because the the thing I'm pushing back on is the idea that like CE five is safe. If CE five is safe, mm-hmm. then it's not addressing the entire scope of this, right? Like it is a very specific. Mm-hmm. experience that is mm-hmm. isolated to how you're communicating with this let's assume right. that there's one solid entity right? right you know because i do think that yeah, yeah, yeah. ouija boards and all of the, that shit like there are s- there are people who will tell their children do not touch a ouija board i ever. think that i'm terrified of them because yeah i like if you do some research on them bro they're fucking scary like there is always a sense that they're this is the idea of speaking to intelligences that are beyond our understanding, mm-hmm. right? And maybe interdimensional, whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. that's what is fascinating to me about this stuff. So Skinwalker, I think, is uh, a very... It, it Like, when they bought this place, what kind of stuff happened? Because obviously well, it was a beautiful property. So the property. first day, I think the, the first encounter they had was with a giant wolf mm-hmm. who came up and was this very passive wolf. And they, and they thought it was like, oh, my God, it was a very large dog, but it seemed really friendly, and they pat it, and they're unloading their cattle, and I think there's a calf in one of the pens, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, like, petting this giant, magnificent dog, which apparently comes to, like, your chest, and the dog is just really mellow and friendly, and then goes over, and they sort of are, like, doing their work, and they hear this commotion, and they look over in this giant wolf just has the head of one of their calves in its jaws and so the the father is like get the revolver and they have this 357 and he like shoots this animal just nothing nothing happens animal no response so he shoots again and again and again and it doesn't respond in any way so he he says you know get the fucking rifle and it's a 30-06 which is a you know, mm-hmm. like a military cartridge in World War One. It was a pretty powerful cartridge. And he shoots it a couple times. And I think it finally lets go. And they, they say they visibly see chunks of flesh, like, flying out of this animal. But that it's it's neither bleeding nor really being affected by the shots. Wow. You know, when, when you shoot an animal, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. fucking knows it. And it's, even if you don't shoot it fatally... There's always a reaction. So the whole thing is just really bizarre. They track it. They track it for a while. And then at some point, the tracks just kind of vanish. Mm-hmm. And they're like confused. So they go back. They continue to try and live there. But it's just one really kind of fantastic, bizarre story after the other. At some point, he talks about looking into the West and just seeing like a portal into another realm and looking at it through a scope and just seeing another world kind of opened up in this in this sort of wrinkle in the sky yeah and so they're kind of like this this very strange place that they sold and eventually uh robert bigelow who i think is kind of like a billionaire 
but also sort of uh, a little bit like he's one of those controversial figures. People, in, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Playboy guy, Howard Hughes, I, uh, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner, yeah. <laughs> also, kind of, or no, Howard Hughes, I think. Is Howard Hughes talking. is the aviator. Yeah, yeah, yeah or the, the Hugh Hefner or Howard Hughes, whoever worked with like the CIA at various points for like covert sure projects and stuff. Did. So that like <laughs> this money is also potentially tied Man. to like government buys the property. Yeah. Robert right. Bigelow is I think Robert Bigelow the is is controversial in that sense that he's like he's he um they people don't know if he's like legit or not mm. which adds a little bit of mystique to it's to the, it's yeah, just yeah. the whole like misinformation campaign of time. But anyways, they, they this think place that it is. Yeah, and they start doing all these experiments. So so this book Hunt for the Skinwalker by this column A Califer PhD and George Knapp, who's the reporter who that that ties back into Bob Lazar, the mm-hmm. reporter that mm-hmm. Bob Lazar originally um, went to to kind of blow the whistle on the whole project. He's studying it and he says, "Okay, they come in. They have this big team that's hired. It's well funded. They set up cameras, all this sort of stuff, and they say like basically the phenomenon just kind of goes away, mm-hmm. essentially. Like they see some stuff, but it's never really, and it just sort of vanishes. Like it doesn't like being watched." Oh. So it just like leaves, kind of. And there's there's stories of like people who've contracted there and were like, oh, it was actually like a a defense contractor or something. I mean, who knows? Who it's, knows? It, uh, there's but, a lot of the, so I can't really remember exactly the details because as I remember the story, mm-hmm. uh, you actually I had forgotten all about Robert Bigelow. Yeah, and then with that triggered it. But um, there's a lot of stuff where it's human beings, and, there, and there's a lot of myth specifically to that area. So essentially, it's it. I don't know if it technically falls under the realm of cryptid, which mm-hmm. would be the thing like the idea of um, like Bigfoot type creatures. But essentially, mm-hmm. it's people that can actually transform into. Um, into animals, like you said, mm-hmm. when we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, the skinwalker. The skinwalker. Yeah. And, and I don't remember enough because it is also a sensitive topic because it is about, like, it, it is very much related to people on, like, that were murdered <laughs> on land, uh, right? Like, you were saying that it was uh, a bunch genocide. of slaughters. Yeah, genocide, genocide and slaughter. Or, or small-scale genocide, yeah. whatever that is. Massacre. So, yeah. There were that, massacres there. But that goes back into the idea of just how this phenomena, or uh, the idea of just phenomena in general, right? Yeah. Like, because fairies didn't always have a good side to them, right? Like, they're also kind of silly in retrospect. But mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. experiences that people were identifying as that. And then there were definitely charlatans. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with all of this shit, is because a lot of it is not verifiable. There's always, like, it's the capitalism in it, right? There's always going to so, be people. So can I do a little quick digression here? Yeah, go for it. Because I think it's really related to what you're talking about. Go for it. So the skinwalkers uh, basically were were people who were magicians, okay? And like in uh, Native American culture, my understanding is that they mostly served the community kind of as shamanic, as healers, as people who could maybe foresee the seasons, all these kinds of things that could be helpful, right? And that like when... America was basically invaded by European uh, colonialism, or whatever you want to call it, 
like as this capitalism and as this idea of like pride and I want a better truck than my neighbor and those sorts of things that like this created a certain energy that transformed the skinwalker into a doer of evil, like a sort of okay, mer- yeah, yeah, a psychic yeah. mercenary, so yeah. to speak, like that somebody would would see their neighbor would get a really nice truck and they would want after that truck. And then the person might have like a stroke or something who owned the truck. It was sort of this like agent of, of greed and evil. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that stuff is interesting. That actually reminds me of the Mothman because if we're going to be talking about sort of all of this alien shit, the, the, a lot of people think of the uh, Men in Black as mm-hmm. related to aliens, a lot of, mostly because of the movie and because of Roswell. Mm-hmm. But the Men in Black is actually this really interesting... Um, like, okay, so... In terms of creature... Okay, going back to the CE5... My main problem with that documentary is that there's literally a picture a picture of an alien in that movie, right? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this at all, <laughs> but you have this guy, Stephen Greer, he's showing you pictures, uh-huh. he's showing you pictures, uh-huh. and he shows you, and then there's this, like, it looks so fucking cartoony uh-huh. that, like, that's where I was like, oh, man, I'm so bummed out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where, where I was like, oh, I was grasping the concepts, and then it just kind of... So there's this picture and he's like, oh, this is so-and-so. He's from blah, 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 reticuli, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That's my goal, dude, to become huge on Zeta Reticuli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going off world for my success I see, or whatever. Uh, that's like a... That's, that's, that's my that's, theory. I could you, But unfortunately, your curse is that it would have to be as a boy band. Not as an artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, why not, right? It can't be... I mean, it would... Yeah, it should be motivating and invigorating something. To be a boy a boy band on... Uh, I mean, it, it, yeah, it'd be, it would be an be interesting anything. change from what I do now. <laughs> so I, if it was just thrown at me as an I didn't option... Know, I didn't know you had it in you to be a boy band <sighs> member. Which one do you think you would be? I don't, I, I, um, I, I don't know. Hopefully energetic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, Jamie, the energetic one. Yeah. Or something. Unfortunately, just both of us fun. would be. Just thought of fun. Uh, fun, I guess. Both of us would I just. I want to be the fun one. It would have to be in a, univ- or, or Zeta Reticuli would have to be some place where people live to be really fucking old. No, I was thinking so that, more like in the idea that like, you know, the DMT trolls that make the kind of like, I have no, you, unbelievable. You are being unfair right now because you have done DMT. No, but I, I, ha- I, 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 I'm just describing other people's experience. <laughs> I, just, I haven't been there yet, but okay. yeah. Anyways, that make like really cool objects that fascinate Going back you. to the Mothman. Like that there. So the Mothman, uh, if you're not familiar, the Mothman is mm-hmm. uh, from Pleasant Point, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, Pleasant Point, Wisconsin. Pleasant Point, West Virginia. Uh, and uh, Fuck, I wonder where that is in West Virginia. Or Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a very cool happening place. There have been, like... There was a movie with Richard Gere mm-hmm. and I think Holly Hunter or some shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, made about it. The movie was kind of interesting. 
And when I watched it, it was not as fun as once I read the book. Mm-hmm. The book is problematic because it's a old white guy in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So he said he just like some of the descriptors of the African-American. I'm mm-hmm. going to use the contemporary term mm-hmm. person are uh, problematic in in the But at the same time, there's like it, he was using the. Uh, I don't know if it's common, if it was acceptable at the time. Sorry, my random number generator just went a little off topic. <laughs> Hold <laughs> I on. Apologize. <laughs> but anyway, so so no. So he, he so basically like if you read it, uh-huh. it's going to you're going to have to get through some hard language sometimes where it's like antiquated terminology to describe mm-hmm. like uh People of darker complexion, let's just right, say. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. So, but it's really interesting <clears throat> because there are all these sightings. The, there, the first part, the first one is these kids in, are in this car and they're mm-hmm. driving, and all of us, and there's this big bird flying behind them. It's not a bird. There, there have been people that have tried to debunk the Mothman, saying that it, it's like this a specific kind of crane. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly which one, but it's like one that when it spreads its wings and stands up mm-hmm. full, like it can be eight feet tall and has, but this thing has more bat wings. Mm-hmm. And so with him, he is not, um, like he's sort of this apparition that I forget what his name is. He comes up in, a, a lot in in uh, cryptid lore. So, but he is a cryptid. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. he would descend on these places, and people would have these experiences. And then there was this woman who was a journalist for a uh, radio station, or she mm-hmm. was on a radio station, and people would report these stories to her of these experiences with the Mothman, with a specific cryptid creature and it was happening a lot at the time Uh and as she started to do it more and more the whole book is about experiences with the men in black where they start to come and show up and you start to get a sense of what the men in black really are which is like some people say that the men in black are actually a tulpa which is this i the a, a tulpa is this idea of uh a creature to to some degree, the Slender Man is a tol- tulpa, which is this idea of a made up creature that through belief becomes real. Mm-hmm. And in the Slender Man example, it's two girls killed someone mm-hmm. over Slender Man, so Slender Man becomes real, mm-hmm. right? Because even it, like it, uh, it's not even that conceptual. <laughs> like, I don't have to get into, like, explaining it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, he has become a reality. Yeah. So, on a more abstract sense, like, all of these experiences. So, maybe when people see dudes in suits uh, at Roswell. Right. They start to, it, like, the myth, beca- the, the myth becomes Associate. a thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the myth takes over. But mm-hmm. when you look at this book the like the experiences are actually i think that they, it is sort of the source material there's a comic book and that that's what the movies are based off of mm-hmm. but the source material is basically um this idea of these guys that show up after something weird like a, f- a phenomena occurs mm-hmm. 
And then they are there to sort of tell you to, like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. So this woman would get these experiences where these people would show up. And it was all, like, I wish I could, I wish I had taken the time to sort of, like, this book gave me goosebumps in Mm -hmm. the idea of, like, a narrative that is coming directly from people, you know, if you trust, uh, Mm -hmm. what's his name? Fuck, I forget his name. He's a huge dude. But all, like... The idea of these experiences and these phenomena, like, the idea of the men in black, it's these creatures that can't, that they're also sort of sometimes described as interdimensional, mm-hmm. where they're, they have a really hard time appearing with color. Mm-hmm. Like on their faces, right? Like they, they, they're mm-hmm. they're sort of gray looking people. Yeah. And then their mouth, like when you look at them, they don't seem right, but they seem like they're trying to look human, mm-hmm. which is really fucking creepy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And it's a and it's a common experience that people have happened happened. So like the Mothman's an interesting thing because it was this uh, cryptid people were seeing, mm-hmm. and Point Pleasant like has all this tourism around it, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but. Um, you look at the uh, at the experiences of both this weird shit happening, which was related, like people essentially the, not to spoil the book, but it, it, this is documented. There's a lot of stuff that has to do with roadways being, uh, or sorry, not roadways, bridges over waterways mm-hmm. uh, being important places because it's a poor place of transition that mm-hmm. is not never really inhabited mm-hmm. right like there there's there's the flow of the river and so there's no like life keeps moving in that sense and then cars just are, like no one ever just hangs out on a bridge for like long terms people don't mm-hmm. habitate like or it's not a habitat mm-hmm. right like it's mm-hmm. a transitional place so all this crazy shit happens and there's this like it's like a really fucking trippy kind of groundhog day sort of like surreal mm-hmm. experience that people in this place are having and then along with all this this other weird shit of the men in black showing up and all of this stuff so the uh, men in black represent the men in black just sort of represent um a sanctioning or a control no or... it's sort of this it's just uh it's almost like it's they're not alien they're not like it, they're they're not a government agency in the sense essentially it is this experience that happens after some weird shit happens so after oh, okay. after um, are they white men or are they black men no the black person is the mothman or the black lo- no but lo- i mean the men in black like are they the image that pops into your head when you imagine them showing up Oh, I just, I imagine sort of Ooh, like, are it, what do they, they look have like? weird red lips. Uh-huh. They have a really hard time impersonating humors. They have really like humans. They have really weird. So are they humans or are they not? Humans? I think they're not. Okay. And I think, okay. I think, I think it's a, a phenomenon that happens, okay. right? I don't think they're an actual entity mm-hmm. and I don't know if it is something that happens because of their tulpa or or that right like that's mm-hmm. what i was saying they're sort of gray looking people their lips are especially ruby red if you look at like mm-hmm. the people like uh betty and barney hill who were one of the original you know that's the other thing like there have been people that have had horrible experiences like you said yeah with uh ufo phenomena so mm-hmm. i think that the ce5 may be something that's happening yeah but if you compartmentalize it into like this like interdimensional experience that like maybe 
You know, like, one of the things that the CE5 dude was saying was that... Stephen Greer. Yes, yeah. uh, Stephen Greer. <laughs> CE5 dude is fine, I think, too. <laughs> but um, he was, like you were saying, he imagines that, it, like, that he's reaching out to a creature out there, mm-hmm. and he's summoning it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and one of the things he said, he's like, he guide, he, he pictures himself on earth and he reaches out while he's meditating, trying to figure out where this entity is. Mm-hmm. And when he finds out where it is, he calls to it and it comes down and, um, and like he can guide it directly to him. But one time he tried to guide it through, I forget what, what his town was, but some town that he grew up in yeah. and he sort of guided them through there and then it came over here and there was like reported activity that happened there. Yeah. yeah. So, and he also felt a sense of like, Oh shit. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, so this might not be safe for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I might be. Yeah. But, but at this, but then like, why are people getting also probed? Right. So like, are those two different well, kind of alien so, races? So here, okay. Can try yeah, my it. attempt at this? Fuck, because it feels like a huge topic what you're okay. getting into here. But like, there's a lot of different. So, alien so let's races. just imagine like the way that we understand the world is based on our stories, mm-hmm. and the appeal of like the random number generator is this idea that randomness is outside of story, right? It's like mm-hmm. the antithesis to story. It's like this randomness. So we see, okay, there's some objective, uh, like truth to that situation there and then all of a sudden when it starts to like refract into something that's like discernible as not random it it doesn't make sense to us because we don't see the connection between this point and that point but if you imagine a world where there are connections between these points in ways that we just simply don't understand yet that Stephen Greer can believe that he's tapping into this benevolent world of other because he has developed a sort of maturity and a this and he attracts those sorts of energies and that that is his experience within that. But other people might be, you know, traumatized in some way. And there are other entities out there in this dimension that we don't understand that are more predatory. And like yeah. maybe they see this sort of like vulnerability or this openness or this ability to like insert yourself and manipulate. Like that as we feel that we are being manipulated, there are also like maybe manipulations even coming through not just our political structures, but even psychic dimensions that we don't kind of understand. So I, I kind of believe Steven that like, that's his experience and he's trying to get people involved in, in feeling like empowered and not traumatized and all these things, which I think are, are helpful for us because they give us a sort of strength. And at the same time, like, of course there is evil and there's evil there too. Right. But we don't understand it yet. We have no way to measure it. So it's very hard for us to uh, feel safe talking about because we have no common point of reference. Yeah. Which is why it's like one of the things in that film that I think is pretty interesting is how he talks about 
the danger of why he thinks we need to like try to connect to these people right now is the danger that if we let the dominator culture decide what the relationship is, we lose a tremendous opportunity. Yeah. Right? Like, do you want Nancy Pelosi negotiating the deal of planet Earth into fucking whatever dimension we don't even know? Like, the universe is, first of all, huge. And who knows, like, how big the inside of an atom is either. Like, we just don't know. Yeah. But, like that idea that you want to try and reach out as a sane, uh, you know, pro-social human being into these other dimensions without it being co-opted and abused. And he talks about, like, you know, 9-11, the Bay of Pigs, all of these different false flag operations that have been used in the past to get a bunch of people riled up, frightened, and then behind a cause. Well, that's sort of the part that he he said. I I I think the Bay of Pigs and all the other ones are and nine eleven. Yeah. Are, well, he references Pearl the, Harbor. Not, he referenced nine eleven in terms of the number generator thing. So he did talk about it, but I think those might be. He has like a trilogy of these, which I didn't get to watch. Oh, all okay. Of them. So you may be, and I think you've watched one of the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. I've watched but, all three of them. Oh, okay. But yeah. what what I think is interesting about what he says is sort of this I, the, the idea of that now, like, to, you, what you don't have to sell me on is the imperialist angle. <laughs> right, right, right. No. You know, no. so when he talks about yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I think that there's probably I mean, he may two, also have a Jesus complex. I think, I think you know? that's, that's where I get a little cautious. Because uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I've, I, I think we talked about it already, but I don't know if I've explained this well enough. Yeah. But essentially he says that one of the things that they've done, studies they've done with, um, with like meditation is that they've had a subset of people go into communities, mm-hmm. right? And meditate. Mm-hmm. And that if 1% of the people were meditating in the area, they didn't even realize. Like, this is actually sort of the thesis where it gets culty, right? Yeah. Where where he's saying that um, the thing he says that I think is, is not too hippy-dippy for me to get into mm-hmm. is the idea of how the information is being disseminated, mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it was important for us to talk about Bob Lazar because Corbell mm-hmm. is one of the people, and Knapp apparently as mm-hmm. well, are one of the mm-hmm. are one of the people that are getting direct access to this information from the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the same people that have been discrediting people like Bob Lazar for all this time mm-hmm. are becoming the authorities. Mm-hmm. And what? Stephen Greer says is essentially that the angle is to make it basically like a threat, a global threat that, Mm -hmm. and I think they show a clip of uh, Ronald Reagan saying something to the, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, sometimes I think. I won't do an impression, but it's hard not to remember his cadence and internalize it. (laughs) Sometimes I think that if the whole, if there was a global threat from outside, 
that we would... How we could oh, yeah. screw over all of you with one story <laughs> as opposed to many. Well, what, <laughs> what, the, what Ronald Reagan meant was that, yeah. but what he actually says... It was is, the opposite. ...was how we would all become mean together. Yeah. And so, for me, the idea of how the information is being disseminated, that skepticism, I'm definitely on board for. Yeah. I haven't had the direct experiences... But yeah. I still feel like, and this is like perfect because we're actually exactly on track to where I wanted to end. Oh, good. You, Betty and Barney Hill, like their experiences uh-huh. are fucking awful. Like if you, yeah. if you, if you know, they're, they're an interracial couple uh-huh. back in the, like, and I don't want to get necessarily too much into what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was definitely some semen extracted from Barney. He mm-hmm. did not want to fucking talk about it. Betty was... Uh, so, uh, uh, Barney was black. Betty was a white woman. So that had its own politics involved yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can totally identify and understand with him not wanting to talk about it. But mm-hmm. there needs to be some accounting for mm-hmm. all the fucking... Like, if we're... <laughs> you know, not to get too woke. Yeah, yeah. But, like... Dude, lives have been fucking ruined over this shit right. by discrediting people. Yeah. And the the same people that did that mm-hmm. are fucking humiliating people. So I'm definitely on board for Stephen Greer shit. Yeah. To some degree. I, I f- I'm still too... Like, he listens too much to yogis, mm-hmm. which to me is very generational... Mm-hmm. It goes back into the whole fairies mm-hmm. <laughs> thing, right? Like mm-hmm. what was popular when he was young. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what's your th- what's your theory? I mean, on on all of this. Since this is what's okay. my thesis. Well, okay, let's go. Uh, you get you get you get to say yours too. My thing, okay. my thing is, I think a lot of weird shit happens, and I think that like the same way that you fuck with a Ouija board, mm-hmm. you're gonna fuck with scary shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you meditate. And you call out to entities, you're going to mm-hmm. have a much better experience, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. There's a lot of lore in Ouija boards about summoning elementals. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a fucking dark side to doing all this meditation shit, mm-hmm. too, that we haven't really like mm-hmm. gotten to. Oh, uh, no, people have. For sure. Like, you think people have uh, meditated well, themselves have, into terrifying situations? I've personally known people to have done that. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Wait, to go crazy from meditating? Or to really face some serious, like, difficulty. Yeah. And that, what That's sense? outside. Well, like, crises of identity, uh, divorces, ruined careers. I mean, all kinds of, like, you know, uh, stuff that happens. And sometimes things kind of fall apart a little bit. I identify with what you just said so much. Because my dad used to be an addictive meditator. Yeah. And my mom thought he was in a cult, so. Yeah. I, I whispered that part. Yeah. Well, you can choose to say it or not, right? That's no, right. it's fuck. It is. Well, you it, said it, it to me, but no, it's it goes else. dark. It goes it goes dark. Yeah. Deep, deep and dark. So, I mean, what is your theory? Fuck. Okay, my theory on all of this is that uh, we know we don't see everything, but yes. but the story that we tell ourselves of what is is not whole. There are all these anomalies that occur. And then we have to try and include them into our story. And there's all kinds of people yeah. who are pursuing that. In fact, we're all pursuing that. And and there are people who are pursuing it 
in a way where they're trying to manipulate other people and there are ways that other people are pursuing it like adventuring or i don't know it's we don't know where we are in space and time yet yeah and these are the things that like you know what stories do we want to tell ourselves i guess is is where this conversation will lead and what I like about Stephen Greer, even though I understand how one could be incredibly skeptical of him, and probably there are a lot of critiques of him, too, that wouldn't hold up to a lot of different ways of looking at society and culture, mm-hmm. right? But but at least that it is one of empowerment, you know, yeah, but- I think... But I tried to get you to watch, uh, what's it called? Um, what the fuck is that reality show on YouTube? Oh, I don't know. Uh, fuck, it's the one where they, they, they get uh, hellier. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried to get you to watch that. Yeah. And you weren't down with that. And, and so, 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 okay. Like, and I, and I, well, maybe I, I just wasn't in the right mood. No, no, I don't no, no, no. Know. I get, Who knows I get how. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not saying, I'm not holding that against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just using that as an example of, I understand that space and that's why the conversation is fun, right? Because you and, and because you and I tread the fuck over the ground of leftist politics and all of that shit, right? So it was nice. Not that, not that that's what our appearances have been about, but interpersonally we do this thing, but Mm -hmm. we also have this other side that we don't like, it's almost like we talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. because we know that we can talk to each other about it and not a lot of people are that outlet for us on that, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but it's nice to talk about all this other shit because I know that we're both also into this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, which one was which documentary was it that I told you to watch? Was it the Bob Lazar one? Because you know a lot. I more. think you might have told me about Bob Lazar okay. initially. And but you know a lot more about him than I. Well, remember. I kind of really. You went into I a deep was dive. Very fascinated by it. Well, because, I got into you know C5 I'm a sculptor, because, yeah. so the idea of objects that control gravity is just like that's the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways. But yeah. And then also like, my God, man, like the world is so overwhelming. So it's nice to fucking take a break from all that shit. Yeah. No, and, I think there's talk- part of it too that's just sheer joy of of wonder. Yeah. Not knowing. what What is it that's out there? Yeah. You know, what exactly am I made of? And what is part of me and part of everything else and is there a boundary between those two things that's the hard thing to define what i really enjoy about this is just the basic principle of like or the the basic concept of just like it's so weird to be a consciousness in a body like that 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 is very strange like as if you get down to it like and you strip away all the fucking yeah oh my job and all that bullshit you're just like you know and i think that this is this is all a discussion about that essentially right because like and and like because that's the only thing it can be grounded in do i think that there are extra dimensional extraterrestrial beings like yeah I mean, what's the difference, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they're not bound by matter and gravity, like, you know, they're yeah. e- extraterrestrial for sure in terms of our concept of it. But so I like, also feel like I've had experiences where I've not been bound by 
gravity or physics either. I mean, I was rock climbing once and I literally got dropped like 45 feet onto my ass. Now, maybe the rope slowed me down enough that it didn't break me, but I also just like bounced and it's a, it's a horrifying thing to see. <laughs> Wait, but the, the rope... But the did... idea is this just like, who knows? Well, sometimes people are like, I think there's a notion that if you accept... Wonder. Your fate? No, if you accept your fate when you're falling from a uh, precipice, you're like you're more just... likely to be relaxed and survive. I think there well, is or, a statistical. Yeah, or you'll just be shattered and bleeding as opposed to totally dead. I mean, who knows? I mean, percentage wise. Yeah, up, up to a certain height. And then after that height, it's, it's and mostly not just, just that, death. No, no, not just that. I'm not saying that everybody, like, but I'm just saying, like, somebody... the. the the people, I don't know. The people, people who are... fall out of airplanes and survive, which there are like documented cases exactly. of, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's wild out there. But then even so. that thing is like, that's an experience. Like you can't necessarily figure out why that fucking person survived that shit, right? Like you could speculate, but you didn't have fucking sensors on that motherfucker. And what is sensors? <laughs> I'm so angry at that survivor, that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, GoPro <laughs> footage. <laughs> my, my GoPro died on us today, so yeah, that is very fitting. No, that would be like, dude, you're not gonna believe, but the GoPro overheated. It could happen, and it, it exploded. Yeah, but but it would be the most amazing and astounding and bizarre thing that happens, and so people just figure it's a lie. But that's how reality works. Yeah, it's reality a is a definitely a bummer. I mean, it's just like events, and but and, and then I, there's but a story that gets attached to it. I I think that that's, that 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 is sort of where I do listen to Bob Lazar, which is sort of the uh, or not Bob Lazar, uh, Stephen Greer, which is the idea of the um of like how this is sort of the narrative. You have to really pay attention to that narrative that's being perpetuated by the people that are that are validating it all of a sudden after I mean, discrediting fucking you. Fucking so like long. that's ever not been true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, mean, I I think that like of course even but I think that there is an impulse for people, right? That are sort of not. Or you just beat down, man. You're just trying to survive, right? No, but I think that there's a sense that, like, oh, now that it's... Like, I think that Pentagon disclosure does two things. It validates, but it also... Uh, so like it's like it's very patriarchal if you're <laughs> if you're well, being, of you course, know it's of like course. it's it's super it's like centralized it's centralized authority yeah. and now yeah. now that it's real it's real but they're gonna tell you how it's real yeah. and why it's real yeah. instead of like yeah. just sort of and so I think that that's they're where Stephen Greer the needle into the flesh Javier yeah they're gonna well they're, and then they're the, gonna inject the hallucination Greer's Greer's premise is and the that paranoia to keep pre, everybody. Yeah. To, to do what? To give people more yachts and shit? I mean, it's so nuts. Humans are crazy. Greed is crazy, dude. Yeah. I Sometimes I just imagine us as meat to them. Well, that's, you're, 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 you're a robot that's still an animal. It's how, I think this is, this is what I've realized. Like, remember my paranoias into cybernetics and all that, you know, the, for, what was that? Whatever. Telematic the first, space? Yeah, the telematic and cybernetics and all that. It's like, it turns out the robots don't replace us, 
So you'll just simply try to turn the humans into robots, which they're not. But you're going to try anyways because you're like totally bent on a bender of wealth and yeah. you have no sense of reality anymore. It's just a giant wealth bender. And it, to that and extent, I can sort of... just One of the things that also is it, it hits my cynicism about the Stephen Greer stuff is that I am so detached from like experience... Mm-hmm. In the sense that I'm like completely nestled in my sci-fi yeah. reality that would have horrified me when I was 15 if I saw a video yeah. of myself yeah. and my experience. Yeah. So, but then I also wouldn't have had any idea how good the content was like this show. <laughs> because it didn't exist back then. <laughs> All right. Any go. parting thoughts, dude? Uh, uh, yeah. Don't get, try not to get paranoid. Okay. That's my parting thought. Just, just Wow, that's so counter to what our conversations are no, usually just like. No, stay, just stay very open wow. and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, adventuresome. I think this was, this was helpful for both of us. Though. Yeah, that's <laughs> my hope. I mean, I, that's all, the, I, I guess. Because, yeah, we're in no, a part of I'm, change. No, I'm with yeah. that. I'm with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I really hope that there is something more to this reality for sure. Mm-hmm. I I can and um instead of like I do think that what is powerful about the whole th- I premise is the idea of like so if like maybe it's not necessarily true actually it it kind of could all right here's my parting thing I think that I can totally as someone who works in retail, I can totally understand mm-hmm. the premise of if you're walking around in a good mood mm-hmm. and you're patient and you're present mm-hmm. and you understand and you're accepting of your situation, which I'm not all, I'm rarely <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, downgraded quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely get into the space where, because people that are shitty to me definitely make my life miserable yeah so i can sort of see how if enough people in society are chill i'm not gonna say because i had a father who meditated a lot yeah that they're gonna be healthy Mm -hmm. but i do think that if everybody was more chill yeah (laughs) <laughs> or at least like a handful of people in a community were more chill. Yeah. That would radiate because at least there would be some empathy walking through town. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm sort of turned around. It's just the way that he talks about it. It's so like, it's so boomer. <laughs> so <don't> boomer. <laughs> well, he's on his way out. I mean, yeah. he can't stay that buff forever. Yeah, you he's know? in good shape, man. He's in. Like, he looks good in blue. I have as no fuck. idea. Yeah. No, yeah, he's huge. Yeah, the giant sloping lat, just a beast. Yeah, who knows? It's a. I, I think I said what I whatever I said before seemed good. 
No, you're done. You're done. You, 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 you have fulfilled your requirement. I've gone into like otter nap mode. <laughs> <laughs> the wheelbase on the couch is too long and my, the eyelids are getting heavy. No, this was fun, man. This, yeah. was, this was healthy because sometimes you got to just get the fuck out of like reality. Mm-hmm. And, and there is definitely a not reality. It yeah. exists. Yeah. Even if it's just conceptual in your own fucking mind. Yeah. So maybe putting some of this stuff in my mind is healthy. You know, this hippie shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to go. Like, hey, if uh, here, we are officially starting the What's My Thesis CE5 group. I'm down to experience. Like, you know, it's here's okay. Here's how I take it. I think that there are some drugs that mm. you can take. I think CE5 is a drug that you can take to have an experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. it obviously takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a lot of left-hand path magic where people yeah. jerk off to sigils and they convince themselves that reality, like, yeah. you know, is a certain way. Flor- Florida head pounders. Florida head pounders. Or, well, it'd be head to floor pounders, sorry. Oh, I said oh that the, 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 that's the... Uh, the, it's just uh, the rolling. What's it called? I don't the, know. There's a, a, many ways of doing that. Now there was a, a boot. Who knows? Getting into some pattern where you don't have to think too much, and someone else does the thinking. Anyway, thanks for the derail. No, <laughs> I was sorry. trying to wrap it up, <laughs> but that's the wrap up. There's no uh, uh, help. I can't get off. It's like hamster wheel. <laughs> Fuck! Oh my god! Yeah, hey, and, Push the and, stop button. The one love. Stop the brain from working. Yes. <laughs> dude, dude, inject you know, the thoracene. Here's, here's uh, I'll end on this. So here's what my new exper- my, my new experience of having like regretful thoughts is like, it's uh, which is the healthiest it's been because at per at, at other parts it's just been like. Oh, just shoot me. But now it's like, get me the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Right? Where I'm having like a thought where I'm reminiscing on how horrible everything is. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it just happened uh, uh, like naturally. But I do think <laughs> on the eve of or several eves ahead of my birthday, uh, I'm, uh, I think that that is a healthy, healthy thought pattern to have where it's like, Oh, this sucks. Get me out of here. I don't live here anymore. <laughs> Happy birthday, Javier. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, Javier. It was fun. We'll do this again. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to headbutt Mike. <laughs> don't know. <laughs>